I'm here to tell you about a brand new book you are going to want to get your hands on. Just trust me. Flirting with 40 by Kay Broomberg is live. It's an all-new, flirty, light-hearted standalone romance by the New York Times bestselling author, guaranteed to make you swoon. I'm going to read you the bio because it's just, it's going to do it for you. Blakely Fox is having one of those years. Her divorce may have been finalized a few months ago, but her ex is already engaged to someone half her age. Her younger boss is determined to sabotage her chance at getting the promotion she rightly deserves, and to make matters worse, she's closing in on the big 4-0. There isn't enough wine or ice cream in the world to convince her things will turn around. When Blakely meets Slade Henderson, She's left wondering why an early 30s, hotter-than-hell, cardiothoracic surgeon would take an interest in her. She's been warned that he'll break her heart, but she's willing to take the chance. Not only is he helping her get the promotion, but in the process, he's encouraging her to find the parts of herself she lost over the past few years. Slade slowly shows her that good guys really do exist, but who knew the hardest part about turning 40 would be realizing the man you thought was a rebound? is actually your happily ever after. Go get this, ladies. Trust me, trust me, trust me. Go get Flirting with 40 by Kay Broomberg. You will not be disappointed. Oh my God, that cover too. All right, I'll see you ladies in just a second. In the meantime, grab this up. Morning, hey, listeners. What's up? What's up, Welcome lady Friday. DJs? What's up, what's up? We're here for Carmel We're here Rose. for Carmel Rhodes. Yes, I wanted to kick off with telling you about her because I looked up something earlier because I was like, oh, I saw something on her on her Instagram and I was like, I wonder if Tessa saw this and it was a picture and she said it's current work in progress inspiration or whatever and um, it's a priest and he's got like a high collar on, he's got his hands crossed or whatever and so she linked Goodreads and so I looked it up on Goodreads and it's called Ooh. Sweet Center. And she doesn't have a full bio, or maybe this is it, but it says, forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. And that's all it says. And it says, coming in 2020. It's part of her Brighton book series. It's number three. So, like, there's so many people who have marked it to be read, and there's nothing about it. There's no cover. There's nothing. They're just like, oh, yeah, I want to read that. I want to be a part of that book. So, just so you know, Tessa, that's coming. Yeah, she's got... So the first two books in that series are Cherry Bomb and Midnight Kiss. And I so we talked about Cherry Bomb on Monday. Midnight Kiss is the second book. <clears throat> and here's the blurb for it. Dirty evil, vi- dirty, evil, vile, beautiful. Logan Gregory is the devil in human form. I should have stayed far away, but my weakness for evil men and a negative bank balance made him impossible to ignore. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, you're like, girl he needs some cash. Money. No, no harm. The job was simple. Our roles were clearly defined. Then my stupid heart got involved. We shared stolen kisses after midnight. Kisses dipped in secrets and sprinkled with lies. They say that's. Oh. They say what's done in the dark always comes to light. They I know. I just said it in my hands. I just sprinkled. <laughs> Last night, my husband was like, you eat candy like a toddler. 
He's like, <laughs> adults are getting like kick-ass and some people are like, oh, he's that squirt sour stuff in your mouth. I'll take that. Like, what is that? Gummies in the shape of a burger? <laughs> yes! I need two of those. <laughs> Uh-huh, yeah. Mel's the one that's getting, like, the bottom shelf, all the plastic candy shit at Walmart when you check out. She's getting all of that. <laughs> Speaking of Halloween, we're trying – me and one of my She's mom like, friends no. love Halloween, and we're trying to figure – oh, I'm not speaking of Halloween. I'm speaking of candy. Um I know. It's okay. My mom friends, we we trick-or-treat. We've trick-or-treated together every year for, like, the past four years, I think. And – um yeah. We love Halloween. We dress up. We do the whole nine yards. And oh, remember the time when she didn't have a costume? I didn't have a costume. Oh. <laughs> My daughter wants to be Medusa this year. How awesome is Ooh. that? Oh, that's I a know. good one. That's a good one. Oh, speaking of, Abby Knox is writing a Medusa book, by the way. She's doing it. I think it's going to be a female Ooh. female Ooh. Medusa book. And she's like, why Medusa got the bad There's rap. no way Medusa's and she was like, straight anymore. I mean, like, if you read her story, no. she got completely fucked over. Yeah, yeah, by a dude. And I think that's what Abby Knox is writing, is that Medusa got fucked over by a dude, and now she's with a woman. So my daughter came to the conclusion that, that everybody should go as uh, they should get just the outfits, the bio outfits, and all wear them. Oh, hazmat! She's like, we should all get hazmat. And then she was looking it up, and she's like, these are really expensive. <laughs> They're Can you imagine if you came out of a coma on Halloween and like went outside and everybody was just walking around in hazmat suits? <laughs> You'd be so scared. Um, that's such a weird thing to say. Wow, but yeah. so we're trying to figure out a way to do Halloween this year with everything going on, the quarantine, mm-hmm. etc. It's on Saturday Is too. It? It's on oh. Saturday this year. So yeah. um, we're like, well, what if people just do a thing where because you know how like you have your families that you're um that you've deemed safe I guess and you've kind of like yeah, expanded yeah. your group into include these families and so can say so your kids can have play dates and things like that yeah so like we're like why don't we get 10 families together to like to like be really cautious for two weeks and then just trick-or-treat at their houses so that at least we have like eight to ten houses our kids can trick-or-treat at Oh, that's a good that's idea. A good idea. Yeah. I mean, still wear masks, obviously, but but like go to their door and know that like whatever they they have in their house is safe. You've spoken to them beforehand. Like they're wearing a mask, and you're just like, no, it's a safe thing. So we might do that. That's a good idea. I saw one thing. Um, one of my friend Beth, she is uh she's a lab technician or something like that. So she's been in the thick of all this. But um, she loves Halloween. And so she's trying to figure out kind of the same thing, like ways to do this safely. So she posted up something and it's called a candy luge. And it's like, it's 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 sort of like a pole, like a birdhouse kind of like a, um, like a square bottom and a pole that goes up. And then there's a ramp at the top and it goes all the way down. And it's like this plastic PVC pipe. And you put the candy in the top and the kids wait at the bottom and you lose it to them. Uh, that's Whoa. genius. I, I was like, I know. Juice. I was like, yeah, everybody that's needs genius. a candy lose this year. I know. We saw it and we were like, yeah, we're 100% going to do Did that. You, so, remember Peyton was prepared last year. Remember his Halloween costume? Oh, he had the big plastic bubble. He was the big plastic yeah. bubble oh, boy. I got a kick out of it. He farted in and it. Then he, yeah, he lived in it for like two weeks. It was like, I didn't want to get it. And it was the, ended up being the best Halloween costume he ever had. Because I was... Who was it? But it was from a YouTube. Somebody from YouTube oh. he was pretending to be. That's so funny. He should do that again this year. I don't think we're... Well, we kind of opted out. I said, 
they were like looking at costumes. I said, we usually spend about fifty or sixty dollars for costumes. You get to spend fifty or sixty dollars. Of course, Isabel already spent hers. Yeah, day one. She's like, that's she's my like money Amazon money. link. Amazon link. Okay, here you go. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're doing. So, but they're older. Yeah, we're definitely. Well, and it, I was going to say, we live on a really nice street for it because we're downtown and our city blocks off our streets. So they put um, barriers on one end and then on the other and then everybody just walks it so that it's safe. There's no cars like you could there's parking at either ends and then you just walk with your kids down one side and make the big horseshoe and come back. So I'm assuming we're still going to participate in that. We're just going to do definitely do the candy luge right. this year. I know. I was like, this seems really cool. So, and I think that would be fun for kids too. Be like, whoa, whoa, put your bucket at the bottom. We got you. You know. So, I have to I tell you, guys, I started story. watching this documentary last night called The Vow. Have you seen? Have you heard of this? The Vow on no, HBO. Tell me. It's mm, about the tell Nexium me about sex cult. Oh, that's the one I was telling you to watch. It's not all. Is it all Four out? It was coming out. out in episodes. Okay, that's the one we talked about last week when I was like, it's the cult that um, that the One Tree Hill people that's were in. That's why I was confused. Oh, okay. okay. I thought okay. it was Smallville okay. people, but who knows? I don't it's know. Smallville. I bet it's Smallville people, and it's the one blonde girl yeah. who's in love with Clark Kent. Oh, maybe that's it. Okay, okay. It's Sorry. Alice and Mackie. I thought Mackie. it was One Tree Hill people. Allison Mack or Allison and Mackie, one of those two. Either way. I love Smallville. It's that's why I know that one. It's crazy. So tell me so, about it. Um, Okay, so it's it's this guy basically. His name is uh, Keith. <laughs> okay, fucking, Keith. Fucking that Keith. sounds real reputable. Fucking um, Keith, man. He has like developed this like method for higher understanding, right? That's that's the setup. He he okay. he like has this method of asking questions and looking looking at yourself and your life. And it, it's supposed to self-actualize you, right? It's basically the, the the hallmark of any cult. It's like you're trying to find a deeper uh-huh. meaning in life. And you're trying to better yourself. Yeah. And that's how it starts. <laughs> so, yeah. like, it's so crazy to watch this documentary. They filmed everything from start to finish. They recorded every conversation. It's, it's like, how did... This cult did? Um, so this filmmaker who was heavily involved with the cult recorded everything and recorded okay. every conversation because oh, he's shit. a documentary filmmaker and that's just what he does. Yeah. So yeah. you have access to it from day one. It's really good. Oh, shit. Um, and oh. so it starts out like you go to these like seven day retreats, sorry, five day retreats and they teach you how to like look deeper and overcome fears and overcome your insecurities and like better yourself. But mm-hmm. you get like a scarf every time you complete a new level, right? And then you what? move up in the ranks. That gets competitive, and people want. I they do that in jail. What? <laughs> they do that in prison. I'm not joking. Like the better you are, orange is you're like you're bad, and you get to move up to a blue. That means that the guards start to trust you a little more, and you get more responsibility. I've been watching a lot of it's 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 a, it's a trick. <laughs> Yeah. It's a trick. It's a yeah. so people will want to be good and move up. And it's if you, I can see if you were trying to build, to be, there has to be some sort of separation between people. They always need to have a ranking system. Yes. And so, human thing. I can see yeah. a cult doing that and it working. You're a, I, I want yep, the next stuff. I want the next scar so you, to so show up that I got this scar. So you become like a teacher, and then you become like a proctor, and you become like you move up in the ranks and. 
So like at some point you're supposed to start getting paid. Like you're basically, you're so enmeshed in this group. It's called Nexium and uh, N-X-I-V-M, which what the fuck? Mm-hmm. It's a cult. So, uh, so you move up further and further in the ranks and you're kind of like, you're like, okay. Uh, and you're, and as you move up your commitment, your time commitment gets more, uh, more and more deep. Like you're spending all of a sudden your 12 hours a day on this thing. Then you're like 15 hours a day on this thing. And then you're 18 hours a day and you're not making any money and you're going into debt and you're completely dependent on the cult. And so this woman is like in this cult, she's become a teacher. She's moved up through the ranks. She's really close with Allison Mack, who is the girl from Smallville or whatever. And she, she starts to realize like, I am sick. Like I'm ill. I have terrible health. I have no money. Like I'm in this thing. And I'm also starting to start get, just get a bad feeling. Right. So her husband is still in it. And he's like, he's brainwashed. He's best friends with Keith, (laughs) the the cult leader. Oh, wow. So she's trying to convince him to get out of the cult. And it's so good. You have to watch this documentary. Um, it's a, it's a series. Every episode is like an hour. Yeah. And um, she, so she contacts somebody who's on the outside who has gotten out and she's like, what are your, like, why did you leave? And what was your feeling? And the girl's like, you're in a high, uh, it's called like a high, fo- a high uh, something. What is it? High dependency group. So she Googles what that means. And it's like basically textbook cult it's basically a textbook cult. You're financially dependent on them. You're sleep deprived. And this is what they do to you to keep you there and to keep you like sucking off the teeth or whatever of the cult. Mm-hmm. And anyway, yeah. it's just crazy yeah. to like, these people who were in it are actually very intelligent and they didn't see what was happening. And it's like a really, it's just really interesting to watch people um, just get sucked into this thing and not see what's happening. Like not seeing the forest for the trees. Tell me about That's the sex part. part three. That's the third episode. And uh, basically what happens is at the end of the second one, they start to get wind of this like side group that's like a little bit of an offshoot of the, the main, you know, um, Nexium group. And the, it's 20 women and they've all taken a vow to a lifelong vow of devotion to Keith. And they're trying to recruit more people. They've signed over everything in their life to him and all of their rights what? to him. Yes. Oh my and god! So she, yeah. So they're trying to, and basically he's he's counting their calories, everything. They're losing weight. What? These women. Okay, I'm out now. As of it's, right now, I'm out. Un- it's, so they're starting to get wind of this like side group, and I think that so that's the part that it gets explored in the third episode. But it is bonkers. I can't. And it's crazy I can't because the actual the the therapy they were doing on these people in the beginning was working. And it was legitimate. Wow. Like it was like yeah. a series of questions that you would overcome your fears if you thought about them deeply enough. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of, it was yeah, kind of cool. Yeah. And then it just got, and look, you give any man that much power or any woman probably that much power yeah. and it just goes off the rails. So more, more often, often than not with men. men well, it's been proven <laughs> with men over yeah. and over again. Yeah. <laughs> According, According to, to facts. <laughs> but if, yeah. So anyways, it's uh-huh. The Vow on HBO. Oh, that yeah. sounds fascinating. I saw it and I saw that it was only a couple episodes out and I was like, ooh, I'm going to wait till a few more are out because I know those cliffhangers are yeah, going to be rough. Yeah, there's four now available and I'm in, I'm in it. I'm in. I have I yeah. have one where I don't know. I know I talked about it before on here. I am a killer. Do you guys remember oh me talking God, about that? Oh my God, I watched that. It's insane. 
it's interesting to watch these people say they're they're killers. They're like, I killed. And they're talking about. And so. And they're in prison? Yes, from prison. But the new season, that there's two seasons. In the second season, you get some women, which was I was looking forward to. Also, in one of the seasons, I actually sent one of the people money. <laughs> Melissa! Melissa. <laughs> you did not! Because I do not believe that she should have been in prison. Wait, is she the one I think that this It was that season two. It was, it's near Kansas City. I don't know. She killed her boyfriend because he asked her to. Is it that one? No. No, 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 no. no. It's a season two one. Like, even Celia watched it with me. She's like, I felt so bad. The system got her, is what I I mean. We both agreed that we felt bad. I sent her, like, 50 bucks with a note. It's kind of crazy because the show, I Am a Killer, what they do is, and look, if you feel like that was on your heart, I'm not judging you for that. That's fine. I I think it's something like, something happened like, to me, it was self-defense kind of thing and drugs were involved. All these people have these terrible pasts, right? Like, they, like, I remember the one I watched at first is this guy who had been lost in the foster care system and it was a it basic or lost in the child. What is it? Um, child services. And he, he finally got placed with a home and then he was abused for like 15 years and then it built up and built up. And then he, he basically blacked out and killed somebody. And it's not like one guy, one guy, like, uh, he did. Oh, I guess it's okay. This is so crazy. I guess it's better to be on death row than it is to be in. There's three levels. There's general population. Then there's like then there's like punishment, and then there is death row. And he could not keep himself off of this middle level, so he killed a guy. He killed his cellmate so that he could be then moved to death row. Why is it Holy shit. Death? death Row, there's not, they get TVs, and it's just, when you're in trouble, it's like a black room, nothing, because you're being punished. Death Row, they just get better food than any... Because it's forever? It's, They're just like... Yeah, they're just treated differently, a little bit more freedom. So, but he was, some of these people, some, people, some of these people, you're like, they're crazy. And then sometimes you... Watch one, and you're like, I don't, I don't know. Like, if they killed like a family member or something, or I don't want to give stuff away. Like, one killed what somebody really close to him. Like, let's say my son went off the rails and killed me because he was on drugs, but he got better. And I would want him out. It starts to that kind of questioning. Mm -hmm. But this third season. The ethical Yeah, so it's just interesting to play your mind back and forth. A lot of them, I'm like, yeah, you belong there. But the third one, I don't know if you watched it, is he's actually getting, he killed somebody, and he's out now. You're going to watch him get released. It's a killer released. That's the new Yeah. I haven't watched it yet. I saw a preview for that where it's like the they interview the family members and they're like he should never see the light of day again and his mom is like he was really rehabilitated, like he did his time, he you know, served his punishment. But I mean there's there's so much there, you know, with he took a life. Like what is the payment yeah. of that? It's so you know? crazy because what this show does is they put you on one side of it. They have the person tell their story. And so you're like, you're like, Oh my God, this poor person, like what did they, they did not have a choice in life. This is like all. And then they, then they mm-hmm. interview the cops 
and they interview the prosecutors and the, and then you're like, oh, that was it. And she's lying. Or you're like, oh, you're that lying. Was yeah. They're manipulating you. Or the person is not telling the full mm-hmm. truth. That's right. That's what happened with the person that I sent the money to, the woman. Those cops fucked with that evidence. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm remembering. Oh, so it's a, it's a good show. It's not it's not just true crime. It really does. It, it, it kind of like mm-hmm. it it shows you one side of it and you think you have your opinion set and then they kind of like switch it up and they, mm-hmm. they show you the other side and you're like, Oh yeah. Some oh. of them are crazy. You're like, it's interesting just because you're like, this person's nuts. Just even listening to them. There was one lady on there that was freaking crazy. Crazy. Yeah. crazy. This older lady. Have I talked, have I told you guys about the, um, uh, the Lovecraft show I'm watching Lovecraft on HBO? Country? Have you guys watched that? No. Yes. I'm have you guys watched it? Work. And after Cobra Kai is over. God, it's so good. It's so I got, good. It's not all out yet. So. I, I got my yeah. husband into love after a long time, and then I got in trouble because yeah. I watched him without him. <laughs> <laughs> but he sits down. And he I always watch reality TV, and he's so now he's into that one. We did that on Fridays for dinner. But he sat down the other day, and I was watching Housewives of New York. And he's seen some of the other ones just because it's me. It's around. He said things like, this one is the best out of all of them. (laughs) So yeah, all of them you watch these New York ladies. Yes. I mean, he's like, I am here for it. Do you agree that the New York one's the best? Do you agree that? I thought you were asking me. Sorry. Yeah. I know. I've never watched them. Do you think New York is the best, Mel? I feel like I'm more committed to some of the people in New York. Okay. Like, I'm here for Ramona. Even though she's crazy, I've accepted it. Well, I want to bring up real quick. I know we're um, we're getting close to the point where we need to switch over. But I want to say, um, to talk about, I recorded our first official book club meeting yesterday at 12 o'clock uh, with a couple of lady listeners. There was three of them. And it was so fun. And when I first uh, started the video, one of them yelled, hey, record <laughs> yesterday and it was really fun and the ladies on there were such a good time and it was so great we talked about the first book was if you dare by Cresley Cole and I talked about how I hated the first half of that book it I hated the heroine I almost quit reading it and then I'm so glad because I ate all of it it was just it was so good like once I hit like about 40 50 percent I was just like well I have to finish this immediately so the heroine sort of, you know, and, and again, you can watch the um the video, the book club. It's on YouTube now. Um, if you want to participate in the book club, um, get in Read Me Romance headquarters. We are gonna we do a live video chat of the book and our discussion, and you can ask questions, you can give your own thoughts all at the same time while we're recording, and then I'll post the video to YouTube once it's over. So if you miss it and you can't be there live, you do get to watch it later. 
So if you see, if you missed it, it's totally fine. Go on YouTube. You'll see it on your book club. Like I said, the first one's Cresley Cole, if you dare. And it was so good. And I just loved it. And I can't wait to read the other ones. I am going to take some time off before reading because there's no audio. And I have two audio books. You haven't even got to the best one yet. I know. That's what everybody kept saying. The ones who have read it who are like, this it series better. gets better. Each book gets better. Which I just didn't even think that was possible because that Highlander was just <laughs> he was so good he was so good but I wanted to say the um the next book that we're going to read um for the book clubs if you want to be a part of it is A Court of Thorn and Roses by um Sarah J Moss I have not read it and everybody that has that reads has told me I need to read this book and so have you I have it on my Tessa? Kindle. I don't I, I was gonna read it during the quarantine, okay. but like it's one of the it's one of those books that they call it Akatar. Like it has its own acronym because it's so popular. And it's um Yes. People swear by that book. They and I, I know just personally having gone to book signings where she is like she's signing Sarah Sarah Moss. Yeah. She Yeah. I mean, people um like are like dying to 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 meet her and to get her to sign their books they people yeah. worship her and and so i know it's going to be worth mm-hmm. the read maybe i'll read it too yeah yeah i'm wondering about how this hangover well, is going to be but series, you know though? or is it standalones okay it is it is it's a series yeah it, I, I think, think so there's too. three books yeah. maybe in it but um and i think they're all out as far as i know but um or maybe there's more i don't know either way i'm going to read this one because everybody i know has read this book and has raved about it and it's i don't know anything about it i, don't, I haven't read a book bio i haven't read anything and i was like you know what i've had this sort of on the back burner on my tbr for a long time i'm just going to do it like this the book club is a great opportunity for me to read all these great books that again like the cresley cole like books that i missed books that i thought I probably won't like that, even though I'll really fucking like it, you know? So I'm going to, you know, push myself in this direction and, um, and there's audio in it. So I'm really excited about that. So I'm going to, I have the audio downloaded as soon as I'm finished with the Millivane book, um, the, the stone and snow. I can't remember. I had to look it up, but, um, a touch of stone and snow. I think that's the one I'm reading right now. Yeah. So as soon as I'm finished with that one, I'm going to read it and then we're going to do another book discussion. So if you want to be a part of it, Go get it, read it. Um, I'm probably going to do it towards the end of the month. So you've got time if you want to get on it. But I guarantee you, as soon as I'm done reading it, I'm going to be like, let's do it. Let's have a discussion. <laughs> because I'm going to be like, I need yeah. to talk to somebody about this. All yeah, right. So that's super awesome. excited. Okay. So, and you said that's it. So if you want to join the discussion or maybe get another discussion, go to to read me romance headquarters on facebook join yeah join the join our facebook group and read me romance headquarters i'm gonna post up um a picture of the book a link to it if you want to buy it um you there's no purchase necessary so you don't have to buy it (laughs) if you don't want to you don't have to get in uh just as a little disclaimer (laughs) but um i'm gonna post it up and then i'll post uh when i'm gonna do the video what time and all that good stuff and all you gotta do is comment below if you want to get in on the discussion and i'll post a reminder of when the video is going to go live so yeah just be in headquarters and you'll get all the info uh okay we're gonna go ahead and play Mm -hmm. the second half of over the falls the conclusion of over the falls by carmel rhodes and we'll talk to you on the other side Bye. Bye. Chapter 4 Camden I watch her ass as she crawls away. 
The firm swell of her globes peek out from underneath her two short shorts. I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have done any of it. I'm not the hero. Not anymore. Not since that day. The day I gave up life as I knew it to right the injustices done to my sister and unborn niece. What was I thinking bringing her here? The image of her ass swaying as she crawls away on all fours burns bright in my brain. The urge to fuck her, to claim her as mine overwhelms me. I never wanted to settle down. I've lived the life of a nomad for so long. I've grown accustomed to it. I've worn the distinction like a second skin. Where my sister overcompensated for our lack of family structure, I simply ran from the idea altogether. Then Brooklyn happened. Brooklyn, with her brown skin, kissed bronze by the sunlight, her wild mane, plush lips and almond eyes. I don't know if it's because I've spent so long in isolation that my primal urges have begun to supersede my judgment, or if she was put into my life for a reason. Either way, she's here now, and I'm a fugitive on the run, a fugitive who brought America's fucking princess to my doorstep. Of course someone will come looking for her, for the Hollywood production team that disappeared over the falls. Kill her or keep her. The quiet voice nestled in the back of my brain whispers. It's an errant thought, but aren't those the only viable options? Despite her claims, I'm not a serial killer and I'm not a monster. Have I taken a life before? Yes. Would I hesitate to do it again? Absolutely not. But I don't kill for sport, and I certainly wouldn't kill a former child star after I'd saved her life. That leaves me with keeping the mouthy brat. Who has been awake for all of 30 minutes, and in that time has managed to claw her way under my skin? Maybe there's a third option. Maybe. I can get her healed and get her gone before the rest of the world knows she's missing. Maybe I can convince her to keep my secret. Convince her to redact the part about the man hiding in the Alaskan wilderness from the story of her survival. I've got two weeks to persuade her to keep my secret. Or two weeks to convince her to stay. I shake my head at the ridiculous notion. Brooklyn has been famous her whole life. She wouldn't know what to do without the spotlight, and despite my desire to suck on her perky little brown nipples until they harden to diamond points, I wouldn't know what to do with someone else in my space. No. I need to stick to the plan. Get her healthy and get her gone. Following her into the main room of the cabin, I watch as she lifts herself onto the sofa with a huff. The apples of her cheeks bloom red with the exertion, and her chest heaves up and down. I chuckle again and trudge over to the kitchen area to grab her another cup of water. Do you have anything stronger than that? She asks, gulping down the water. You have a concussion. I glower at her. For someone so eager to leave, you don't really seem to be taking your recovery seriously. Just a tiny little bit to take the edge off. Her big brown eyes widen with faux sincerity. Then I promise I'll be a good girl. You aren't a very good actress, are you? 
Brooklyn wouldn't know how to be a good girl if her life depended on it. I'd never admit it out loud, but I kind of like her bad. My dick twitches in agreement, which is the first sign that I need to end this conversation before I have this little brat draped over my lap with her shorts around her ankles and her ass the same color as her cheeks. Fuck you. I can be good. I just need a little liquid encouragement. I hesitate for just a moment, then head back to the cabinet. Pushing a few plates aside, I snag the whiskey I keep stocked for the nights the nightmares are too much to handle. I pour a splash into my cup, keeping my gaze locked on Brooklyn. Her throat bobs up and down, and the slightest flash of pink glides between her lips, before disappearing back into her mouth. I throw the first shot back, then pour another, and repeat the motion before returning to the sofa. She grabs for the bottle, but I hold it up out of her reach. What about me? Concussion. I say, enunciating each syllable. Unscrewing the cap, I take a swig directly from the bottle. Crossing her arms over her chest, she leans back against the couch and pouts. You've been out for three days, and you've only eaten a bit of broth and some green beans. You can pout all you want, you aren't getting any. I've spent the majority of my adult life on a diet, and I grew up in L.A., I can hold my liquor, but thanks for your concern. Are you always this bratty? I ask, my throat warm from the whiskey. The effects of the alcohol start to distort my judgment. I also haven't had much to eat today. I'd abandoned my hunting trip when I stumbled across Brooklyn, and since then, I haven't wanted to stray too far from the cabin while she was unconscious. So I've been surviving off what I catch in the traps just outside the house. Only when I'm trapped in the middle of nowhere for God knows how long with a sexy lumberjack who probably will end up eating me. I laugh again and take another drink. I haven't laughed this much in years. And although Brooklyn is a capital B bitch, she's funny. Trust me, if I end up eating you, you'd most definitely enjoy it. Her lips part and her eyes drop to my mouth. It takes her a full 20 seconds to recover. You wish. Great comeback, brat, I say, scrubbing a hand down my beard. I should stop drinking, but I'm actually having fun. I can't remember the last time I simply sat and had a drink with a friend. And although Brooklyn has spent every second that she's been awake testing every ounce of patience I have... I don't hate our company. I'm not a brat. You are too, an ungrateful one at that. You're lucky you're hurt. Otherwise, I'd have bent you over my lap after you accused me of touching you while you were unconscious. You wouldn't dare keep trying me. And what? You'll spank me? She laughs a throaty laugh that speaks straight to my cock. Her eyes track the movement of the whiskey bottle as I take another swig. She lunges for it again, but this time she loses her balance and lands headfirst in my lap. Oh my god, she squeals. Are you hard? I don't know why I do what I do next. Maybe it's the whiskey, or the fact that I haven't been with a woman in years. And this one, 
seems to bring out shit I thought I'd buried a long time ago. Either way, I grab her by the back of her neck, holding her in place with one hand, while the other hand goes down her spine. There's a sliver of exposed skin where her t-shirt has ridden up, a little bit. I slip my hand underneath the band of her shorts, palming her ass. I expect her to tell me to stop, to scream at me for being creepy, but she does neither. She just lays there a moment, sprawled out over my lap, her back arched and her ass upright, panting. My fingers slip down the seam of her ass in search of her center. The thin scrap of fabric between her legs is soaked through. Her sweet scent perfumes the tiny space around us. It would be so easy to slip inside, to shove two of my thick fingers inside her tight little pussy, preparing her for my cock. I circle her opening, the wet cloth the only barrier between us. Mine. The beast within grunts, the whiskey making him so bold, his voice roars louder than the one telling me to stop, the one telling me to leave this woman, who's been traumatized enough, alone. Do you know how easy it would be to tear these off your sticky cunt? She swallows, her gaze darkening with lust. What would you do if they were out of the way? I press against the fabric, sinking into her just the slightest bit. So shallow. I'm not really even inside. But it's enough to feel the puckering of her sex. It's enough to let my imagination spiral down the path of a new return. First, I'd taste you. I all but growl, lifting the strap of the thong to get a glimpse of her pussy. Honey coats every inch of flesh I can see, and my mouth waters. I bet you taste sweet, despite your bratty attitude. Then, I'd stretch out your little hole with my fingers. I'd originally thought two, but a bad girl like you probably would want three. You'd like the pain of my fat fingers stretching you wide. And then... She whispers, and then you take my cock like a good girl, even though we both know it'd be a lie. I'd fuck you until your legs shook and stars shine bright behind your closed eyes. I'd fuck you until that smart mouth of yours was rendered speechless, and then I'd come deep inside your womb, marking you as mine forever. You would. The whiskey swirls in my brain, continuing to cloud my judgment. I plucked this woman out of the river three days ago. She most likely has a concussion, and here I am threatening to fuck her. Fuck. As much as I want to. As much as her big brown eyes are begging me to. I can't lose control. Not with Brooklyn. I put the thong back in place and give her ass a light tap before releasing her. Hypothetically speaking, of course. I can feel her chest heave against my thigh. You're an asshole, she pants. I flex my hand to keep from smacking her again, to keep from making good on all my dirty hypotheticals, because in actuals, she's still healing. And as much as I want to take America's princess and keep her as my own, she doesn't belong to me. You can get up now. And if I don't, she sasses, 
waving her ass a little. You'll what? Hit me harder next time? Her breath hitches a little towards the end of her rant, as if the idea of me hitting her harder is exactly what she yearns for. I think you'd like it. I think you want me to. I think you like being draped over my lap. I think you like the weight of my palm against your ass. I think you crave it. You know nothing about me or what I crave. Then why haven't you moved yet? I stare down at her pointedly, and she stares back up just as defiant. I shift, forcing her back upright. If I stay, I'll fuck her. And if I fuck her, I'll keep her. You should get some rest. I've slept for three days. Fine. Then you won't mind if I take the bed. I stand and grunt out a good night, before snagging the whiskey and slamming the door to the room. Chapter 5 Brooklyn I whip the bedroom door open and glare down at Cam. He's kneeling there, a tray of food hovering an inch above the floor. You're leaving me, again? I cross my arms over my chest. My left hip juts out as I scowl. It's been four days since I woke up in this mysterious cabin in the woods, owned by this even more mysterious man. Four days spent staring at the same boring walls while Cam leaves me alone for hours at a time, doing God knows what. He's avoiding me. He has been ever since that night he stared at my pussy like it was land he had been destined to conquer. I thought we'd spend the next morning pretending nothing happened over shitty coffee, and he'd yell at me about how I'm not taking my recovery serious enough, and life, or this new strange life I'd woken up in, would go on. That wasn't the case. I'd woken up the next morning alone to a bowl of oatmeal and a cup of said shitty coffee waiting for me. You can't keep me locked in here all day and not expect me to go crazy. He shakes his head and drops the tray. You act like I have you chained to the bed. You are free to come and go as you please. He rises to his full height, and I'm ashamed to admit, I swoon a little. Cam is a beast of a man. He towers over me by at least a foot. His unruly mane is pulled back into a bun that sits low on his head this morning. And while in L.A., man buns have never been my thing, I've quickly come to realize that everything works on Cam. I follow him into the main room. Time and boredom have all but erased the dizzy spells. The only real symptoms I have left are a mild soreness, most likely caused by the force in which I hit the rock and a light headache I've been able to mostly ignore. I watch Cam's bicep flex as he shoves things into a beat-up old army duffel and zips it shut with more force than necessary. We are in the middle of nowhere. I throw up my hands and shout. And considering what happened the last time I was out there, I point out the window. Without you, I point at him. Well, let's just say things didn't end happily. My lip quivers. Memories of what happened that day threatened to suffocate me. Forcing my eyes closed, I shove the thoughts back into a tiny compartment in my brain and slam the metaphorical lid shut. 
this experience has changed me. As tough as an act I put on in front of Cam, I'm not the same woman anymore. The problem is, I've been Brooklyn Breslin for as long as I can remember. If I'm not her, then who am I? Look, just please, I'll be quiet, I'll obey or whatever. I just need to get out of here. Cam's stance softens. Fine. I was planning to spend the day at a nearby lake. It's calm, unlike the river, and completely safe. He assures me. He holds up the bag. I need to do some washing and a bath would be nice. A bath? I squeal, jumping from one foot to the other. I've only had a bucket and a thin cloth to clean up with for the last couple of days. And let's not even talk about the mop of matted curls, coils, and kinks sitting on top of my head. The idea of going to this lake sounds like heaven. Give me five minutes. The lake isn't far from the cabin, which I suppose isn't a coincidence. I could probably find my way here on my own if I need to, although the thought of being out here alone sends a shiver down my spine. Cam was right. The water is calm, unlike the river, and knowing Cam isn't far away if I need him gives me the courage I need to focus on the task at hand, taking a bath in a lake. Are you sure this is safe? I ask, gnawing on my fingernail. Yes, Brooklyn. He sighs in frustration as if he's explaining something to a toddler for the millionth time. Excuse me for being leery of the water. When not three days ago, everyone I came to this corner of hell with drowned. I snap. I'm being a brat. He sighs again, this time ruefully, then holds up his hands. Look, I don't want to fight with you. And I've got a shit ton of work to get done before sundown. So can we just... He gestures to the lake with his hands as if to say, get this show on the road. The water is so blue and so clear and looks so refreshing, I take a tentative step towards it, shucking off my shirt and tossing it on the grass. Then I hobble out of my shorts and tuck at the strings of my bikini. I hear a grunt behind me, followed by a big warm hand clamping down on top of mine. What are you doing? His voice is strained. What's it look like I'm doing? I respond my voice equally estranged. The warmth of his touch travels straight to my core, and it's hard to think straight. He hasn't touched me in four days. I'd only met him a week ago, and I already crave his touch. It's probably some sort of savior complex, but I don't care. I want him to want me. I long to be stretched over his lap again. Only next time, I want him to lose control. I want him to snap, to take, to fill me. What he lacks in social graces, he makes up for in pure male vitality. He's all man, rough and full of grit, yet one of the most beautiful bastards I have ever seen. And beauty comes a dime a dozen in Hollywood. What happened to the woman who thought I was a... His hand lifts from mine, and I turn to look at him. 
He's tapping his finger against his lips while he pretends to think about it. Oh, right. An inbred serial killer who wants to murder you and defile your corpse. I shrug. Despite my initial reservations about waking up in the middle of nowhere with a stranger, Cam has proven to be a gentleman, which is annoying as fuck. That was then. This is now. And in the now, my hair smells like it hasn't been washed in weeks. Oh, wait. I narrow my eyes at him. It hasn't. Whatever. I'll go downstream a bit to give you some privacy. No, I yelp and jump towards him. In my panic, I trip over my bag and lose my balance. Cam catches me around the waist before I eat dirt. His hands are on me again for the second time in as many minutes, and my body heats from the contact. You have to take it easy, he grumbles. I know. I'm sorry. All the more reason for you not to leave me, I plead. His eyes darken. In the sunlight, I can truly see them for the first time, appreciate their nuance. Dark green with flecks of gold. So broody and mysterious. I could get lost trying to decode their secrets. Cam, please? I drop my head, submitting to him. It's too much trying to be strong, especially when I don't have to. Cam's here. He can be strong for both of us. His fingers toy with the strings of my bikini bottoms. I count the seconds in my brain. Ten. It takes him ten whole seconds to make up his mind. The fabric slides down my body and lands in the grass between us. His eyes are glued to mine. There's restraint there. He wants to look. I want him to look, but he resists. Look at me. I scream internally. Touch me. See me. We're frozen in this moment still, save for our chest heaving up and down in tandem. Boldly, I make the next move. Yanking the strings from around my neck and back, the top joins my bottoms beneath us. I'm completely naked, and Camden is completely dressed. He swallows hard, his throat bobbing up and down so deliciously slowly that I want to run my tongue along the ridge. Cam, I urge, you still have your clothes on. Right, he grunts. His eyes win the battle with his head, and they take their time devouring every inch of me. His perusal is anything but casual. His gaze sears my skin trailing heat down from my breast over my stomach, lingering between my legs. My body comes alive under his scrutiny. Wetness leaks from my pussy. How's your leg? He asks, touching me again. He drops to a squat and I lift it for him to inspect the bandage closer. Only, he isn't looking at my leg. He's looking at the most intimate part of me. I can only imagine what he thinks. 
soft brown lips swollen and glossed with need. He licks his lips almost imperceptibly, then tears his gaze away from my core, finally checking my injury. My pussy weeps at the loss of attention. He removes the bandage and frowns up at me. Are you sure you're up for this? Maybe coming out here wasn't the greatest idea. No. I can't take another sponge bath, Cam. I need this. So drop your shorts and get your ass in that lake. He smirks at me and the force of it nearly knocks me on my ass. Was that a smile? He quickly schools his features and hops up on his feet. He pulls his shirt over his head, then his shorts are next. His erection bounces out, bobbing between us, teasing me. It's my turn to stare. It's huge, which I guess when you're the size that Camden is, your parts are proportionate. But still, my God, what a beautiful dick. Stop being a perv and let's get you clean. He grunts, digging around his bag. He pulls out the piece of soap he brought from the cabin, as well as a bottle of two-in-one shampoo conditioner and goes to the water. I grab my toiletries and follow dutifully. The cool water soothes my heated skin. I wait out until I'm submerged to the tops of my breast. Cam faces me, his eyes trailing down to my pebbled nipples, then back to my face. He dips his head under the water, resurfacing moments later. Water beads and drips down his face. He hands me the soap and scrap of fabric, grunting for me to hold it. I take it and watch slack-jawed as he squeezes a glob of the shampoo conditioner in his hand and rubs it wildly through his hair. I chuckle at the brutish way he does it. Here, I hand him back the soap and take the shampoo from him. I'm surprised you have any hair left washing it that way. Turn around. He does, and I tap him on the shoulder. Bend down. He scoffs, but obliges. I run my fingers through his hair, massaging his scalp, building a thick lather. He moans a little as I continue washing him. Okay, rinse, I say when I'm done. He dips back under, then turns. I cup water in my hands to get the remaining soap out. He's eye level with my breast, and I can feel his gaze on them. I take a step closer, one pebbled peak inches away from his mouth. His lips brush against my flesh just barely, but it's enough to spark something low in my belly. I don't understand why I want him so badly, but I do. And I'm done dancing around my attraction to him. I rub the soap over his shoulders, brushing my nipples back and forth over his face. What are you doing? He asks in that gruff voice of his. Thanking you, I say, wrapping my arms around his shoulders. He lifts me on instinct, and I can feel his hard length bobbing between my legs. You don't have to thank me like this. He grinds each word out like it causes him physical pain to do so. He wants me as badly as I want him. But there's something holding him back. 
Why are you fighting this? Do you want me to beg you? Brooklyn. I haven't. I mean, I've been on my own for so long. I don't know if I can be gentle. I don't want gentle. You nearly died a week ago. And now, I want to live. I lean in, his mouth inches from mine, his dick slapping and slipping between my legs. Our noses touch, my eyelids go slack, and every nerve in my body screams for me to just do it. An inch is all that it would take, less even. I want you, Camden. The real you. Not the watered-down gentleman version. I want you to take me, to fuck me in this lake, and then later, in your bed. I want the animal, the untamed version. Kiss me. Fuck me. Own me. Before I could utter another word, his resolve snaps and his mouth crashes onto mine, and his kiss is everything I'd hoped it would be. Wild and feral and all-consuming, he devours my mouth and moans, licking his way inside like he's thought of nothing else these past few days. He lifts me, lining the thick head of his cock up with my entrance, and impales me, slowly, the gesture at odds with his kisses. That's Cam, though, both rough and restrained, and if I'm being honest, I want both sides of him. I want him to fuck me like I mean nothing, then hold me after like I'm his whole world. Gah, I cry out as he stretches me. Cam is big, bigger than anyone I've ever been with before. He's got one of those mythical cocks that kiss the line between deliciously full and painfully uncomfortable. Bracing myself on his broad shoulders, I shift, lifting a fraction of an inch to relieve some of the pressure. Are you okay? He asks. His strong hands grip my hips, holding me firmly into place. He thrusts up gently. The tips of his fingers dig into the meat of my thighs. And I know it must be taking every ounce of self-control he has to keep that pace. My head falls into the crook of his neck as he pushes in and out, giving me time to adjust. I asked for the animal. I pant. Fuck me! A roar rips from deep in his chest, vibrating through me, taking with it all the stress and tension and fear. The self-loathing leaves me, if only for a moment. It's just him and me. I'm not another Hollywood has-been cliché. With him in this lake, in the middle of nowhere, I'm free. He moves, our joined bodies flow through the water as he carries me back to shore. I curl myself around him, loving how small I am against him. I kiss every part of him I can reach, frantic, needy, tasting him, letting him taste me. Our tongue stands as he lifts me out of the water and lays me down onto a towel in the grass. God, you're beautiful. He growls into my ear. His hands explore my body. His fingers pinch my nipples. 
his teeth graze my ear. I squirm beneath him, wanting him to fill me again. I want to taste you. He flips me over so that I'm on my hands and knees. His rough hand trails down my spine, leaving goosebumps in its wake. I've wanted to lick your pussy since the day you woke up. His voice is nothing more than a low growl. I chance a peek behind me in time to see his head duck between my legs. The swipe of his tongue makes my arms weak. The second sends a rush of moisture straight to my core. By the third, I'm pushing back against his face, chasing a high I haven't felt in so long. I might die if I don't catch it. Cam eats my pussy the way a savage would. He is relentless, licking and sucking and biting my sensitive flesh, pushing me over the edge of ecstasy. Before I have the chance to come down, Cam's mouth is gone and is replaced by the thick head of his cock. I dig my nails into the blanket and arch into him. He fills me so completely. It's like I'm more myself now that he's inside me. He fucks me wildly in the middle of a nowhere, and I take every inch of his dick like the good girl he claims I'll never be, fucking everything I am into him, because out here, nothing else matters. Behind me, Cam loses control, too. Moans and growls slip from between his lips. His punishing grip on my hips will leave his mark long after we're done. His big body stills and he empties inside of me. And for the first time since I've arrived in this godforsaken place, I don't want to leave. Chapter 6 Brooklyn Are we there yet? I groan, stumbling behind Camden as he leads me up a windy path. I've spent an obscene amount of money on gym memberships and personal trainers, and yet I'm winded from a two-hour hike. No, he grunts as he keeps trudging along. You fucked me in the lake, I huff, leaning against a tree. Can't we move past the one-word answers? Cam swings around. His green eyes assess me, then his lips tip down into a frown. You do realize the hike to town will take two days. I know, I know. I shake my hand at him. I blow out another breath and straighten. That's why I came out here with you, remember? That? And since I had my first taste of freedom, the prospect of a two-hour hike and possible afternoon delight with Cam seemed preferable than staying locked in the cabin all day. I rejoin him on the trail, and thankfully he slows his pace a little bit. So, I muse, after a few minutes of comfortable silence, what's this place you're taking me to? A lupine field. They are in season, and I figured you'd like to see it before. His lips slip into a frown, and he shakes his head. A part of me thinks he doesn't want me to leave, but aside from lake sex the other day... He's retreated back into grumpy mountain man mode. Not that I would stay if he asked. I mean, so what? We shared a few mind-blowing orgasms. I have a life to get back to, and what do I really even know about Cam? He has a nice dick and survival skills. That's not really a strong foundation for a relationship, is it? 
What's a lupine? It's a flower. Purple. They grow wild here. There's a field of them, and I figured it would be a great way to spend the day and get you used to the terrain. That's kind of sweet. That's me. Kind of sweet. And also kind of a dick. I'm that too. He grunts. A big dick. I insist, a small part on my lips. He rolls his eyes at me but doesn't respond. We hike for another hour or so before we reach a clearing, and just beyond that, I spot it. The field of tall purple and pink flowers swaying in the wind. Cam didn't do it justice. It's breathtaking. I turn to him and grin. He grins back at me, and I nearly melt. Cam doesn't offer his smiles easily, but when he does, it makes the thought of leaving this place unbearable. This is perfect. Cam slides the pack from his back and pulls out a can of fruit and a blanket. And I brought vegan snacks. I toss my arms around his neck. It's almost like you like me or something. Cam scoffs. Or something. I take a step back and pull my tank top over my head. Next, I take my bra off and drop it into the grass. Cam stands there. His posture shifts from relaxed to rigid. His eyes take me in. I shimmy out of my shorts, kicking them off and stand before him naked. The appreciation in his eyes makes my heart tick up. Or something, I whisper breathlessly. Cam advances, and I don't know why I do it. Maybe it's his posture, the way his chest puffs up and down like he's about to toss me over his shoulder and claim me again. I turn on my heels and run towards the flowers. I reach the edge of the field. My hand skins the soft petals before I'm yanked around the waist and carried back to where Cam has laid the blanket. You can't outrun me, brat. He huffs, shucking his clothes off and falls on top of me. His weight feels like home. My eyes widen at the revelation. His weight on me, the mushroom tip of his dick slipping between my slick thighs. His breath, minty from the tin of mints he keeps on him at all times. His whiskers tickling my face. His camness. It's overwhelming and comforting and all-consuming. I don't want to outrun you, I tell him, brushing the stray hairs behind his ears. I just like it when you catch me. A growl rips through his chest, and I roll, flipping our body so that I'm on top of him. I kiss my way down his body, and I wrap my hand around the base of his shaft. Leaning forward, I press a small kiss to the tip of his dick. A bead of precum seeps out, and I wrap my lips around his head, sucking away the salty sweet cream. Cam groans in approval, so I take him a little deeper, relaxing my jaw to accommodate his girth. You're good at this, brat. He moans. I ignore the slight and keep sucking, deeper and deeper each time. My jaw relaxes and before long, the tip of Cam's dick is hitting the back of my throat. I peer up at him through blurry eyes. His head is thrown back in pleasure. His chest puffs up and down. And I know, I know I have him. Reaching down, I cup his balls and I feel him twitch in my throat. 
A big palm grips my head and he pushes me back. Before I can utter a single word in protest, Cam forces me onto my back and his dick is inside me in seconds. His mouth latches onto my neck and he bites me there so hard, a yelp. God, Cam, I huff out as he fucks me relentlessly. It's like he's marking his territory, claiming me as his. Isn't that what I want? To be his, always? Not just for these strange and tragic two weeks, but forever. The idea blooms in my mind and takes root. Cam, I moan. Hmm. He grunts, pumping his seed into me. Come back with me. I whisper the words out in a rush. As our bodies come down, I wait with bated breath for his answer. It's stupid. He hardly knows me. But I need to say it. And now that it's said, it can't be taken back. His eyes widen in surprise. And then, for a fraction of a second, I think he considers it. But just as quickly as it came, it's gone again. He laughs this awkward little chuckle that makes me feel three inches tall. Funny brat, like you'd want me cramping your L.A. lifestyle. I don't know if it's hurt or pride, but I give him my own little awkward chuckle and push him off. You're right, it's stupid. Let's eat. Chapter 7 Camden My boots squeak on the linoleum floors as I make my way down the narrow corridor leading to the coroner's office. The plane had barely touched down on U.S. soil. I don't even bother to stop at my apartment and change out of my uniform. I have to see her for myself. Major Larson, Chief Medical Examiner Stein extends his hand, and I take it in mine. It's cold. I'll never forget how cold his hand was, like he was dead too. I'd survived war, only to come home and be surrounded by death. I'm so sorry for your loss, he says, gesturing for me to follow behind him. We stand behind a glass window, and another man in a white lab coat is waiting on the other side. There's a gurney in front of him. A sheet covers her body. They know it's her. Her OBGYN sent over a DNA sample, confirming as much. But I need to see her for myself. Stein gives the signal. The other man lifts the sheet, and in a fraction of a second, the life I knew was over. Cam! Brooklyn's panicked voice cuts through my dream. Cam, please wake up! I startle awake, jumping up to see what's gotten her so upset. She's lying naked in bed next to me. Her hair pulled back into two French braids, and tears stream down her mahogany cheeks. What's wrong? I say, cupping her cheeks. Are you hurt? No, you were, you were thrashing and I couldn't wake you. You kept saying the name Amy. Hurt flashes in her big glossy eyes. Is she the woman from the picture frame? 
My breathing intensifies. My chest puffs up and down. Drop it, Brooklyn. It was just a bad dream. Who is she to you? She pushes. I should have known the little brat wouldn't let it go. Swinging my legs off the side of the bed, I push myself to a standing position. I said, drop it. I yank my pants off the ground and slip them on. I'm going to make breakfast. She scrambles to her feet, her tossing my t-shirt over her head. This isn't the first time I've heard you say her name. She's obviously important to you. I storm into the kitchen, doing my best to shake off the painful past. I said, drop it. Brooklyn's head tilts to one side. Do you love her? I yank the cabinet doors open. Yes, of course I loved her. I growl. I grab the half-empty bag of oats and slam it on the counter. Then I start the fire to warm the water. Loved. Brooklyn stumbles backwards. As in past tense? As in something happened to her? I watch her eyes flit around the space. Her arms wrap around her waist, and she starts to put it together. Did you do something to her? Is that why you're here? Is that why you won't even consider coming back with me? You think I could hurt someone I love? I growl. I don't know, Cam. You don't tell me anything. You're out here alone. You won't even consider moving back to civilization. There has to be a reason for that. If I'm such a monster, then why would you even want me? She shakes her head, and her face crumbles. You know what? You're right. I don't want you. And I think I'm healed enough to make the trip. She stomps back into the room and starts throwing her shit inside her bag. I run my fingers through my hair in frustration. What the fuck are you doing? I'm ready to go. You said the trip will take two days. Let's start now. You're being a brat. And you're acting like a serial killer. And I don't feel safe. You don't feel safe? With me? Rage paints my vision and I rip the bag from her hands. Cam? Calm? Down. She backs away until her back slams into the wall. I have risked everything to keep you fucking safe. I say getting in her face. I've given your ungrateful ass everything you've asked for. I was willing to let you go, even though everything in my body is screaming for me to keep you, to claim you, to make you mine. My hands grip the backs of her thighs, and I lift her. I would kill to keep you. What about any of that makes you think I'd hurt you? Our chests puff up and down, and she throws her arms around my neck. Her mouth crashes onto mine. This kiss is all teeth and tongues and possession. We stumble backwards onto the bed and I drop her. She looks up at me with those big eyes of hers. You want to keep me? Of fucking course I do. I have never wanted a woman the way I want you. Not even Amy. The little brat is fearless, I'll give her that. I wrap my hand around her throat. Amy was my sister. She died while I was away at war. Her husband killed her and their unborn child. I snapped. I tracked him down at some seedy motel drunk off his ass, and I put a bullet through his skull. 
You killed him? Her lips part. I killed him. And then I ran. And as much as I want to go back with you, I can't. Okay. She nods. Her fingers tug at the waistband of my shorts, and she pulls me closer. So? Then I stay here. You would do that. For me. She shrugs. I mean, I can't let my family think I'm dead. And I've got to tell everyone what happened to the crew. Their loved ones deserve to know. I nod, knowing she's right. And then, when the dust settles and the new cycle moves on, you can bring me back to your little cabin and make me your mountain mama. Are you sure that's what you want? I want you, Cam. And if this is the only way I can have you, then yes, it's what I want. Forever, I ask, just to be sure. Because I know if I bring her back here, I'm never letting her go again. She smiles up at me. Even with your shitty coffee and limited vegan menu. This has been Over the Falls by Carmel Rhodes. Read for you by Lacey Laurel. Hey, lady listeners. Wasn't that amazing? Hey. Hello, hello. Spend your Friday with a happily ever after. Send it to the internet. Send it to the internet. Carmel Rhodes, all her books are on, or at least most of them are on Kindle Unlimited. So if you want more uh, like this, go... Cherry Bomb and Midnight Kiss are out right now. They're part of the Brighton series and they're short and sweet. So if that's your style. Be on the lookout for a Sweet, sweet Center, Center too, please. by the way. You're, yeah, you need to get on that. <laughs> so if you like short and sweet and dirty, uh, definitely go check out that series by Carmel. And if you want to enter to win a copy of a signed copy of Cherry Bomb, go to readmeromance.com and go to the current audiobook um, page. Yep, nice. and you'll see the, the giveaway. And uh, next week on the podcast is me. We're going to do something kind of a little different. I'm going to show, I'm going to play a preview of um, the Tools of Engagement audiobook. Yes, that's going to be really exciting. So you'll have a super big teaser on there because it's live right now. We probably should have said that okay. on the first half, but just we'll talk about it next week too. But you're going to have this hot little preview yes. for us. You can listen to it and, and so decide if really you fun. either want to go get the ebook or the rest of the audiobook. So that'll be fun. And uh, so we'll see you then. Anybody has anything else? Okay. Tell them what to do, Leah. Fuck your day up. Make today your bitch. Don't be a dick. Bye. Bye. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. You could take a look in a book that's fine. Or you could sit back, relax, and unwind and read me